Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right. Uh, welcome to More to Come, everyone, again. Um, this week, I have the great uh, uh, pleasure of in- interviewing uh, Sydney Padua, uh, who I'm going to describe uh, uh, or she, who, who she is, an artist and an animator. But um, but she's also the author of uh, a new work of graphic nonfiction uh, that looks at two really extraordinary figures from the, the 19th century, uh, Ada Lovelace and Charles Babbage. The book I'm talking about, uh, The Thrilling Adventures of Lovelace and Babbage, uh, the mostly true story of the first computer, um, published by Pantheon, comes out this month and originally based on uh, a webcomic um, created by Sidney Padua. Sydney, welcome to More to Come. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to very quickly, I'm going to, we we want to learn something about your background as well as about your extraordinary book. Um, But I'm going to, I'm going to describe you uh, to our audience as a a woman full of uh, information, uh, which you give uh, attractively and hilariously. Uh, Now, I'm I'm obviously a paraphrasing a description of Charles Babbage, one of your, the, the heroes of your, of your um, graphic novel, graphic, I, you know, I, I hate the notion of calling a work like this uh, a novel, though it certainly has <laughs> novelistic uh, characteristics, but it's a great work of not, of graphic nonfiction. Um, uh, I, please, we, I think our audience would love to know more uh, about your book. If you could uh, tell us a little bit about just what is uh, the thrilling adventures of Lovelace and, and Babbage? Uh, well, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, let me see. Lovelace and Babbage, it's the story of, obviously, um, Ada Lovelace and Charles Babbage. Um, they were two real people from the, uh, early part of the 19th century. Um, uh, Ada Lovelace was, uh, the daughter of Lord Byron, um, the famous or infamous, uh, poet <laughs> and, uh, adventurer, I guess you would say. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she never knew her father. He, he left the, the family and England when she was a very small baby. Um, but her, her mother was very um, uh, afraid that uh, Byron's um, poetry and wildness and general badassery would uh, would come out in uh, <laughs> would come out in his daughter. She was uh-huh. a great believer in these her- her- hereditary traits, and of course. A Victorian woman um, could not be wild and badass. This was unacceptable. So uh-huh. um, to combat this, her, her mother had um, Ada raised um, uh, with this very strict diet of mathematics and logic, um, which which took quite, quite well. I mean, she became quite a great, good mathematician. To stamp out the poetry? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because obviously I math lo- is the opposite of poetry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, she did become a little wild, yeah, um, uh, mm-hmm. so it didn't quite work, uh, maybe as well as it might have. Um, but um, she she did um, she did certainly love mathematics, uh, and uh, uh, it was in this kind of context that she met uh, the second guy in the in the mm-hmm. comic, Charles Babbage, um, who was uh, the Lucasian professor of math at Cambridge, uh, which is Stephen Hawking's position, I guess. Um, okay. Uh, and Isaac Newton's. I mean, it was kind of the... Yeah, the... So, yeah not <laughs> your ordinary yeah, math professor. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, a few, a few you may have heard of these guys. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, Although not, I mean, I, I admit, did not know. I mean, I, I'm sure I may have heard a little bit about Ada Lovelace um, because I, uh, I think there's been an, you know, there's certainly been an effort to, uh, to sort of um, bring uh, women scientific figures a little bit more to light. Mm-hmm. But I don't pretend to know anything ab- about them, nor about this, you know, your comic before the book, uh, uh, before I heard about the book. But anyway, that's, uh, so it's very interesting to, to, to how you brought these two characters to life. Um, or back to life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible resurrection. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, sorry. Uh, well, tell me, how did it come to become, how, how did their lives end up being a webcomic um, uh, produced by a, 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 an expatriate, right? You're um, Canadian originally, or yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm from the Prairie, from Edmonton. Ooh, okay, um, yeah. Um, moved to London, gosh, about ten or twelve years ago, I guess. Um, uh, like it out here? Um, Apparently so. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I like it actually. I, I like London very much because of the pubs. And uh, <laughs> well, that's a good reason <laughs> to like most places. <laughs> um, and a pub, I think, was actually the source of the comic. Um, ah, tell us more then. <laughs> uh, because um, uh, well, uh, you, if you've heard of Ada Lovelace, it's probably in the context of women in computing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the eventual upshot is that um, uh, Lovelace wrote uh, the first computer program. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was for a non-existent computer, um, so it was never actually run. Um, but she, she is a bit of a, um, oh, what are you, figurehead, a role model, you know, sort Pioneering of... Pioneering force. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for women in computing. Um, and uh, I have a friend, Sue Sharman Anderson, who started Ada Lovelace Day, which, uh-huh. uh, the purpose of which is to kind of celebrate women in computing. So it's a sort of online festival of uh, very cool. inspiring tech women. Um, and uh, I think, uh, so I was... Uh, in this pub with her and she was like oh you should do a blog post because the whole thing is you should do a blog post about inspiring women in computing um, and I said well I, I, I think I've barely heard of Ada Lovelace I didn't really know who she was uh, myself so um, I kind of read her Wikipedia entry as anybody else would do um, and I sort of dashed off this comic um, uh, Lovelace the Origin um, uh-huh. which kind of outlined you know who she was, Byron, and then she meets Babbage, and then Babbage does not invent the computer. Uh, she she writes a program for this computer that was never built. Um, so I, I did this comic summarizing um, her life because if I thought I thought well if I don't know who she is then you know it's probably mass Pretty ignorance good everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, at the end of the comic, of course, um, the the story. Um, is, is not a very good story because uh, Babbage doesn't build a computer and then Lovelace dies <laughs> and uh, that's the end of uh, that's the end of everything. Um, and of course, you know, I, I, comics should always end triumphantly. So um, at the, I, I kind of threw in as a joke this final panel that uh, you know, no, of course, of course not. They they didn't die. That's a terrible ending. Um, what actually happens is Babbage builds this computer and. Um, himself and Lovelace use it to fight crime and have adventures. Um, I love it. I love it. 
what and better he, what mm, better use of comics uh, than to make polish up the kind of unfortunate stories of real life, make yeah, them a little exactly. more interesting. <laughs> improved, much improved uh, story about Mason Babbage. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, actually interrupt you here, and I'm gonna sure. suggest because. For our, for those of us out in the out in our listening listening audience who has who haven't encountered this wonderful comic yet, it's an absolute uh, delightful excursion through. Uh, I mean, an amazing range of disciplines. I'm, I can see you drinking something there, and I'm incredibly <laughs> jealous. It's seven thirty where you are, but it's only two, three three in the afternoon here, and it's I'm in my medicinal. office. I'm in my office, and I can't be supping a pint. But there you go. <laughs> Uh, lucky you, but um, um, uh, now I lost my I lost my train of thought here. Um, it's just for my nerves. <laughs> that, <laughs> I basically want to do. I want to know. Let's learn a little bit about you because you take us through this excursion through. Um, I mean, not just math, but really higher mathematics, um, engineering, <laughs> um, uh, economic theory. Uh, you know, um, it's it's really. And amazing, uh, you, you can read this book and, and you come out the other end actually learning something besides being completely entertained. So w- can you tell us something about uh, um, Sydney Padua? Where, where, you, you mentioned a little bit, but where are you from? Where did you go to school? And how did yeah. you, you – where I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, well, um, let's see. My, 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 my brief little life is uh, – let's tell see. Tell us more. Uh, I was born on the Canadian prairie ah. uh, <laughs> on a windswept uh, plain. Uh, Hockey fan. And, uh, uh, oh, no, of course. Uh, yes, we, of course. Well, we had Gretzky, you know. But I, was, ah. I was in Edmonton of course, when we yes. had Gretzky and the Oilers <laughs> won everything. And uh, uh, then they broke our hearts. That was sad. Uh, <laughs> but that's another story. Um, I actually grew up in Mexico City, though. Uh, my father's Uh-oh. Argentinian. Um, uh, and he's a professor of uh, sociology at the oh. University of Mexico. Uh, my father actually dealt a lot with statistical sociology, so mm-hmm. he had a lot of math, uh, mathy oh. sort of slide rules and calculators and all this sort of stuff I used to play with as a kid. Um, then I went. We went back to Canada. I studied. Um, Let's see. What did I study again? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a little confused because you seem to have studied everything. <laughs> no, in a very superficial way. I'm. I'm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than the most of us. Let me tell you. What did your mom do? Uh, my mom was also a sociologist. Ah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I was brought up by sociologists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're certainly but... one of the more social. Uh, you know cartoonists and and uh, uh, what uh, internet explainers out there although i guess by definition an explainer is fairly social uh yeah i guess i'm pretty outgoing you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i actually i i was very mathy as a <laughs> as a kid i math was my favorite class and i was um super mathematical but i guess i, I drifted away uh from it and wound up studying theater in uh okay uh University. Uh, then I left that and studied animation, um, which actually turned out to be excellent timing because um, uh, I graduated from uh, my animation diploma program thing um, pretty much the same, like the year after, you know, Lion King, Toy Story, um, 
Jurassic Park, like all these animated films made billions. So um, there was this total gold rush for young animators. So uh, I went to L.A., worked on, let's see, Iron Giant was my first film. Uh, A lot of fans around there for Iron Giant still. Um, Terrific animated film. Yeah, so I I worked in hand-drawn stuff um, for many years and then eventually had to... uh, drag myself into ah. computer animation i was kind of the one of the last to go i, I really hated the I whole idea the industry these days i mean oh except, yeah i know yeah. <laughs> except as a sort of cottage industry for like quirky artists the old hand-drawn uh, yeah mm. tragically it's like mm. a you know you have to be a bit nuts to, <laughs> to stay in 2d don't <laughs> when tell you've got all these shiny new computers <laughs> there that can crank your animations out <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty much, you know, uh, I, I was kind of the final holdout. I was like, oh, I'm never going to take to these newfangled computers. <laughs> so they'll be back. They'll be back to us for the hand drawn, but they never came back. So I had to learn the, uh, had to learn computer animation. Uh, so I did that for a while out here in London. Um, and then I accidentally started drawing comics. Uh, well, it's, a, it's an accident for you, but it was it's a great um reward for the rest of us <laughs> so okay so that's kind of brought us up to your talents as a graphic artist and an animator and um the comic that was born in a in a pub mm-hmm. um so you, I, I i i think we're gonna we're gonna jump right back now to the thrilling adventures of lovelace and babbage because i i, I mean i have it, this book is a delight i mean it really is i mean i know nothing about mathematics uh and and not a much about the you know 19th century scientific figures, but I I feel now like I can strut through any academy. Oh, uh, thank you so much. With, I mean, I, honestly, nothing could be better for me to hear than you know. It's amazing. You brought so much stuff to life. Let, let me go down the list. I mean, for, well, for one thing, I we I do want to get you to talk a little bit about, about your pocket universe. I mean, Lovelace and Babbage. <laughs> I mean, it's they you really created this sort of real life blueprint for steampunk sci-fi <laughs> superheroes so um uh, t- tell us about your your crime fighting pocket i mean you, you, you've alluded <laughs> to it already but you you had to have create some way to bring them back to life yeah i think i mean the whole comic evolved quite slowly um i think uh I, after i put up the, the first comic um with this punchline um uh which was actually a joke like the the, the the joke was, wouldn't it be funny if there was a comic about my son Charles Babbage fighting crime? I, I didn't expect it to. Um, I, I had no intention of drawing a comic um, about, you know, my son Babbage. Um, but uh, it the kind of the next day. I, I mean, Byron said he woke up, you know, one day to find himself famous, and I guess I, I woke up one day to find uh-huh. myself kind of mildly known on the internet. Um, uh, the comic turned up on Wired and all these blogs, and um, everyone was kind of uh, sharing it around, saying, this person is going to do a comic about Lovelace and Babbage fighting crime. Whether she um, wants to or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty, I, I succumb easily to peer pressure. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Um, so the whole comic was basically me improvising um, online in my off hours, you know, like I, you know, on a weekend or on a rainy day, or if I'd come home from work and, you know, I was kind of feeling Jones in to do some drawing, I would just kind of start throwing stuff out. And, um, 
it, mostly just bouncing off my research. I just started reading up on them historically because um, I, I got interested in, in Lovelace and Babbage and who they were. Um, and uh, I guess the comics were just kind of me sort of riffing off the research. Um, I think the pocket universe kind of sprung up I, actually quite late. I think I'd already done a whole comic. Uh, well, tell, <laughs> um, tell, tell uh, our More to, Club, uh, More to Come audience uh, just what the pocket universe um, what, what well, it is. Uh, obviously, our universe um, is, is a tragic, pathetic universe with no uh, difference engine, mechanical computing um, uh, history that, that uh, <laughs> so, so there was, there was no giant steam powered computer built in the 1880s. <laughs> um, so obviously our universe is terrible. So, um, <laughs> so uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's very fa There's this very fashionable idea now, uh, in physics about which I know next to nothing. Um, but the, the concept is that our universe is only one, Sure. Of mm. all this infinity of possible uh, universes mm. in, a, you know, kind of next door, cosmically speaking. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the the dimension next door. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and uh, um, because there's an infinite number of them, then everything that's possible somewhere is going to happen in one of these universes. So obviously there's going to be a universe in which um, the difference engine was completed. So um mm -hmm. I knew, you know, so I, I actually knew in, in a way I'm recording facts. So this is the factual account of the universe in which this happened. Um, I think then I came up with the idea that this was actually an artificially created universe um, by the time police uh, because um, there wasn't supposed to be a computer invented. So they kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there was this whole subplot with the time police that I okay. <laughs> mostly wind up A complicated mythology here, for sure. Oh, yes. No, there's, there's, there's deep stories there. It's, it's very deep. <laughs> But as uh, but but of course one of the great um, um, one of the great uh, uh, aspects of this uh, pocket universe is that uh, uh, Lovelace and Babbage uh, are essentially a, a crime fighting team with a very unusual notion about what crime actually is. Oh yes, no, I, I mean um... at least in their universe, crime <laughs> has has a very particular cast. Uh, yes, and and this is history. This is definitely historically based. As mm -hmm. far as um, uh, Charles Babbage is concerned, the most serious crime uh, wave um, affecting the metropolis is street music. <laughs> yes, I um, uh, <laughs> poor poor Babbage. He was he was very famous in his own lifetime as the inventor of the, you know, this unbuilt calculating machine. But he was more famous as the the masked avenger against street music. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, he had this giant campaign to um, to ban all music from the streets of London because it drove him completely nuts. Um, so that's his kind of main villain in the in the comic. Um, and Lovelace, of course, has to destroy all poetry because yes. that's how <laughs> he was that. raised. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and well, th that well that that sort of forms the basis. Obviously, they're they 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 are their own your, a new form of superhero. And of course, superheroes needed an origin story, so you you supplied it. Um, but 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 as you said, all of this stuff is you you uh, all of your hilarity has a real basis in historical fact and 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 what seems to me an enormous amount of research. It seems like you spend an, an awful lot of time reading primary. Uh, primary documents. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to transition. I want to ask you a little bit about the Enchanted Math Fairy uh, yeah. and, and, and the Minabrea paper. What is ah, that? Ah, yes. 
Uh, ooh, and who is the Enchanted Math Fairy? <laughs> <laughs> the Enchanted Math Fairy is Lovelace, um, <laughs> who Babbage called uh, that, uh, the youthful fairy, that enchantress who has, what was it, cast her spell around the most um, difficult of sciences, um, mathematics. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And we're talking uh, about the 1830s now, roughly? Yeah. I, 1830s, 1840s is mm-hmm. uh, kind of when they kicked around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, the, the Minabrea paper, um, that is kind of Lovelace's claim to fame, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's, what she's famous for is, is, is the first computer program. And, and that appears in, this, uh, in the footnotes, actually, of this translation that she wrote um, of, uh, of a Oh, it's so complicated story, actually, now that I'm trying to tell it. <laughs> um, basically, Babbage never wrote an official scientific paper on his, uh, uh, on his computer um, for whatever reason. It's actually quite wrote, strange of him. He wrote endlessly about everything. Yeah, yeah, he wrote huge books about all other subjects aside from the one that he was the most <laughs> yes, famous that, for. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so the only paper that was written at the time was um, a almost a transcript, I guess, of one of Babbage's lectures um, by this guy Menebrea, who was an Italian general, um, who eventually became prime minister of Italy. So he was a interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't just some guy. He was this very. <laughs> uh, he was much more successful than either Babbage or Lovelace. Or, or, <laughs> Um, so this uh, guy transcribed uh, Babbage's lecture, and um, Lovelace um, Lovelace was fascinated by Babbage's computer. She she loved that thing, and and um, he used to kind of go over the the diagrams with her. Um, so she was considered at the time as this big expert on Babbage's machine, um, which was already very unusual for a woman. Um, so when this paper, which was in French, the guy was Italian, the paper was in French. Um, I'm just, uh, I, I'm dismayed. I barely speak English and, and the, <laughs> see these polymaths bantering about in five or six languages, but go on. Yeah, but they didn't have anything else to do. No TV, no iPods. Yeah, so you sit around and learn four, four or five or six languages. Um, so um, she was asked to translate this paper because um, she was the you know, this big expert on the machine, and also translating scientific papers was kind of the accepted female helping oh. role in science at the time, um, and Ooh. she had aspirations towards that. Um, so she said, she said sure and translated the paper, but as she was translating it, she started saying, oh, you know, he's not, he's not really selling this point, or <laughs> oh, he should totally mention this bit, or, you know, I actually have this idea about this that I'm going to stick in here. So she started footnoting the thing, and the, and the footnotes in the end were three times longer than the actual paper <laughs> that she was translating. Um, so, and that's where you know the program appears, and and kind of her big theory of computer science, which is that even though Babbage had intended the machine to be a mathematical calculator, um, Lovelace looked at it and said, no, actually, because of what we know about mathematics now. This machine could, in theory, be be an information processing uh, machine oh. in general. Oh. Um, so that was that was the first appearance, you know, anywhere of of what we now know as computer science. Very interesting. Um, and on that note, I have to. Um, you mentioned the the amazing footnote, and I should say that 
the the thrilling adventures of Lovelace and Babbage. Lovelace and Babbage are only two of the characters. The footnotes or the footnote <laughs> persona is indeed a third character uh, of equal importance in this. Um, there, there is because this this footnote persona uh, is commenting and enlarging and cracking jokes the whole time. <laughs> Well, I, I I love books with footnotes. I've always loved <laughs> books with footnotes. Um, and uh, I, I guess, I, I mean, I could have done a straight-up comic, um, but uh, I just couldn't shut up. <laughs> nah, this is, you did it the right way. And on that note, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to put on your footnote uh, persona, and I want you to explain the difference between the difference engine, the original calculator, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which was yep. used to create errorless tables. Exactly. And they very important in the 19th century. And the analytical engine, which obviously was something very different, but never actually yeah. was created. And there, there will be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Now I'm not taking it, though, quiz. but go on. <laughs> uh, well, um, so uh, people know, I mean, if you're kind of into steampunk, you probably know the, the, mm. the name, The Difference Engine. That's kind of the famous one. You sure. know, there's the famous uh, Gibson novel, The Difference Engine, and it's just a really cool name. So yeah. people remember <laughs> The Difference Engine, um, even though that was the inferior machine. Um, Babbage invented two machines. One was The Difference Engine, uh, which was a, cal- a calculator uh, or even a bit less than a calculator. It was an adding machine. Um, it's a... Well, but boy, really... what an adding machine. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's huge. They actually finally built it in the year 2000. Um, there's one in the Computer History Museum uh, in um, mm. oh, just outside of San Francisco in Mountain View. And then there's uh, one in the Museum of Science in London. Uh, it's huge. I mean, it's like, uh, oh, goodness, maybe 10 feet tall and uh, maybe 15 feet long. Um just a bunch of gears that add one mm. number onto the other number, but they do it absolutely perfectly and without error. That's yes. a very important thing. Uh, and they print it out. The, the oh. printer is almost as amazing an invention as the whole rest of the machine. Um, but uh, Babbage actually, uh, can't, it's Babbage's improvement to the difference engine that mm. uh, he wanted to be famous for. That's the analytical engine, uh, what he called it, which is a much more boring name. And he really should have <laughs> stuck with difference engine, even though difference engine just means it uses the method of differences, which is an unbelievably boring mathematical <laughs> thing. Um, the analytical engine Babbage designed to do any kind of mathematics um, uh, and to also be able to feed its result back into itself. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole magic of the thing. Um, he he um, gave it a feedback loop and um, a punch card control, basically, so that you could program it just like you can program a computer now. Uh, in theory, of course, mm-hmm. because there, there was no machine. Yeah. But in theory, you could have <laughs> totally programmed it um, to do any mathematical equation. Now, in the comic, and you and you you sort of mentioned this early on that, well, you you sort of conflate the two. You kind yeah. of yes, you kind of because you know the difference engine is cooler, so it's a cooler name. So so very often you're talking about the difference engine, but you're really imagining the analytical engine. 
I know. I'm getting so much flack for this. I'm kind of amazed. You know, people not are from st- me. I think it's delightful. <laughs> people are being real sticklers for uh, for nomenclature here. Oh well, you know, geeks yeah. Difference that... engine is wrong. It's the analytical engine. The difference I, engine is the lame you know, one without the punch cards. Be they scientific ones or comic book ones, they are ultimately dreadfully humorous. <laughs> Let's be for real. Uh, but, you can't uh, say to the analytical engine. That yeah, saying. yes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, but it, but it, it, in the comic, it's really, uh, really wonderful. I mean, the the difference engine or uh, slash analytical engine actually becomes a, a kind of nineteenth century TARDIS. I mean, you I... we enter into the difference engine, and it's a universe inside of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the whole. Um... Uh, I mean, the, the engine had it had it been built, the engine would have been pretty big, but you you couldn't have actually walked around yeah, in much it. as your comic does. <laughs> but it's a very cool ex- comic book experience. It's a world of whirring wor- uh, gadgets and flywheels and um, and uh, error messages and and <laughs> Ada Lovelace, who was in your world, certainly was the sort of prime. You know, mechanic. She was the the Star Wars engineer that sort of kept the, uh, you know, kept the engines going all the time. Yeah, she's the she's the Scotty, I guess. Yes, she yes, yes, climb yes. Around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm gonna jump out of, outside of the difference engine for just a second because I want you to. Uh, uh, another thing that's fascinating about their lives and this comic is the social circles that they moved in. I mean, can you name a few of the people? I mean, everyone from writers to to even more famous mathematicians that I'd never heard of, uh, <laughs> like I some some of the mentors uh, for Ada Lovelace, I think one there was a woman, wasn't there? Oh yeah, uh, Mary Somerville. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his uh, Somerville College in Oxford is named after her. She was um, she was a great. I mean, she was kind of the classic translator of extremely difficult um, math from the continent. Um, because I mean, during the period, a lot most of the advanced mathematics was coming from France and Germany. Uh, so Somerville was this conduit for continental mathematics because uh-huh. she was the only one who could translate it. Um, Interesting. Who else? Uh, Charles Dickens. He mm. he read. He he sat by Lovelace's deathbed when she was dying. Uh-huh. Um, mm. They were good friends. Um, gosh, who else did I they think, know? Um, uh, uh, um, Louis, uh, Lou, uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll, Lewis Carroll actually met Charles yeah. Babbage, which is just so delightful because Lewis Carroll was an Oxford um, mathematics right, he's professor. He's a mathematician. A mathematician, yeah. of course, yes. Uh, um, oh, you never like, met Lovelace, which I think is just so uh, sad because I think they would have really enjoyed each other's company. Uh, George Eliot? Uh, yeah. Uh, George Eliot, I'm totally cheating because. Ah, uh, you fooled although... me. <laughs> George Eliot did hear a speech by Charles Babbage that she recounts uh, very, unfortunately, very shortly. Um, but she, they, they didn't actually know her. She just seemed like the perfect straight man for. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. I think I think in the pocket universe, anything that's good for a exactly. laugh works for me. <laughs> that's uh, my excuse. <laughs> all right. Well, you, excuse me. I'm going to jump around because I, 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 there's so many things in this book. I'd love to hear you comment on, and I and I've, no, I've I... probably got too many, but I'm going to try and get. We've we've got a we got about 15, 20 more minutes. So I want to I'm going to okay. see what I can get in. All right. Well, um, I mean, I, there's so much to talk about. Um, Babbage was <laughs> as brilliant as he was, uh, and people seemed to like him. Um, this is the friends that he had. On the other mm-hmm. hand. 
he was just a disruptive figure. He seemed to be impatient with everyone, um, and and in particular the government, even though the British government <laughs> was funding uh, his machines, but he never seemed to be happy with the amount of the funding. Can, can you yeah. tell, tell me a little <laughs> bit about that? About There's a great section in the comic where Queen uh, Victoria shows <laughs> up, and there's um, a big to and fro about him getting funding for uh, the difference engine. Yeah, well, poor Babbage. I mean, he, he was a brilliant man, but um, he was... Yeah, he was he's a brilliant man and he was also actually very sociable. Um I think that sometimes people um characterize him as as um antisocial or misanthropic, which he wasn't. He was uh, really outgoing. He loved having parties, he loved having conversations, he had a lot of friends, but um there was something quite destructive about him as soon as he actually had to work with somebody <laughs> Other else. People. <laughs> uh it always seemed to turn into this giant weird fight um every single time he's he sort of flamed out of almost every um business relationship he ever wound up in um fortunately for him he was independently wealthy otherwise oh. uh, <laughs> which is a very nice place to be if uh, <laughs> actually it's a very nice place to be period um so um he didn't really need the money um but he he desperately needed the help of other people to actually get anything done and um he couldn't delegate. He would uh, he would start kind of imagining that other people were jealous or trying to steal his work or, um, uh, or kind of being human in ways that Babbage couldn't tolerate. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have tried to argue he was aspergic, which I think is fair. I think there's a touch of the aspergic um, mm -hmm. around Babbage that that he seemed to struggle with some points of kind of um, the more delicacies of human interaction. Mm. Um, okay, now, um, uh, uh, in addition to um, uh, uh, ma mathematics and engineering, um, there's a wonderful section in the book where you recreate, I guess, his theories about an economic model uh, <laughs> in, in response to a, one of the many, I guess, financial crises of the period. I guess this is about 1837. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but there's a wonderful uh, combination of engineering and uh, economic theory where uh, Ada Lovelace, um, uh, Babbage, and another really interesting historical figure that you bring in here, what is Is Isambard Kingdom Brun Brunel? Yeah. Uh, create this out of control economic model that, you know, both sort of illustrates uh, the financial crises of the time and lampoons it at the same time. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was actually the first comic I drew economic model. I, I went up, it was maybe a little too wild, so I shifted it a bit later in the book ah. so people could kind of get used so, to the okay. idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I started drawing the comic at the same time as the financial crisis um, oh. was sinking in in 2009, I guess 2009, 2010, uh -huh. when, sure. you know, um, I, I guess the, the, um, uh, the, the stuff had hit the fan. Um, before, but it was started to fly in all sorts of directions, and I think everyone was really stressed out about it. I was very stressed out about it. So I was um, in the course of reading about um, Lovelace and Babbage, I fell across um, the econ you know this famous economic crisis, which I had not heard of of uh, 1833. Me neither. <laughs> um, which was 
also a property bubble, um, oh. you know, also caused by easy credit uh, and out of control banks and oh. kind of all these banking innovations and stuff. Um, so I just started riffing on it in the comic and kind of playing on the parallels between that economic crisis and this one. I mean, I, I, I it's... Um, I should say all my knowledge of these things is really quite shallow. Cause, um, <laughs> all I just the better for down. a comic book. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to know too much about this stuff because then you might get subtle about it, you know. <laughs> but you're not being fair to yourself. There's an awful lot of information in this hilarious runaway economic model. Cause, and I'm describing what really happens. It is, an, is essentially a runaway train uh, yeah. <laughs> that all the parties are trying to get into control. Um, uh, but Br- Brunel is a very interesting figure, too, that you bring into this. And he was a friend of Charles Babbage? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, Babbage did a lot of work with Brunel on his railways. Um, he was like a super uh, engineer, apparently, huh? Yeah. Oh, Brunel's, uh, Brunel's very super famous here in, in England. He's, uh-huh. uh, he's a bit of um, everyone's favorite Englishman. He, he, was, he very nearly won um, Greatest Englishman of All Time. The BBC uh-huh. had a competition. He was, he was pipped by um, uh, Winston Churchill, I think. Uh, due to a last-minute end run, but he's a very popular guy. He he was kind of he wasn't the first engineer, and I don't I think people might argue he wasn't the greatest of the Victorian engineers, but he was definitely the most the most yes. <laughs> of the British engineers. He built the biggest thing and the first thing. I mean, uh, he built the first iron transatlantic liner. Um, you know, he he built the first iron ship. You know, when mm-hmm. ships before Brunel were made of wood. And driven by sails. After Brunel, it was a huge iron thing driven by by a propeller. You know, he built you know some of the very first railways. He built these enormous bridges, um, and he did everything huge and amazing. And he was this extreme personality. Um, so Brunel kind of towers over everyone else. His T-shirts are still by far the most popular T-shirts. <laughs> awesome. Well, I may have to, I may go back and and pick up a few other T-shirts at the uh, <laughs> Lovelace and Babbage store. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna and excuse me once again for jumping around because you, your book is so chocked full of so much stuff. Um, <laughs> Jumps around to be fair. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna save a now. This is this is one of my favorite parts here, and I, I've got to hear you comment on this. You you mentioned a certain point, um, both in footnotes and I think in other ways, um, uh, uh, of um, Babbage's description of the scurrilous ca- cabal of booksellers and publishers and price <laughs> fixing. Fixing. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if you're aware, but actually, and I covered this, this as a matter of fact, in, uh, in 2012, of course, um, the big the big six, the big or the big five by that time um, of publishers as is Random House, Macmillan, HarperCollins, Simon and Schuster, I'm probably leaving someone out, were charged by the uh, uh, by the federal <laughs> government with price fixing in ebooks, including um, Apple along with them. The five publishers also basically uh, copped a plea and went into, you know, they were basically given penalties and a settlement with the government. But Apple, you know, chose to fight it out and lost. And they was found guilty of price fixing in, con- in conjunction with these five publishers. So I would love to know more about Charles <laughs> Babbage and price fixing book publishers. Oh, I would. Pro- I would need to. I'd need to look. I need to look that back up. Well, um, I learned about this in your book. <laughs> <laughs> it, that was um, like Babbage had a 
Pavish got involved in like every single thing. And of course, the more things change, the more that they, they stay the same. Yes, well, that's clearly, I, that's why I was <laughs> thrilled to see this. Well, maybe that'll be your next book on, on yeah. uh, the, your, your next sec. I mean, I assume that the, does the webcomic continue even though you've got the print book done here? I would love to keep going on the webcomic. I have a ton of stories I'd love to do. Um, I'm a bit like the the book, you know, as you know, yes. <laughs> writing books is really super hard. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a t- takes up a lot of time. So I got kind of exhausted from that. And uh, my day job is kind of super exhausting. Um, but I, I'm just desperate to start drawing comics again once I get a second. Um, and yeah, another publishing comic would be really but great. Um, definitely the story of Book publishers and price fixing. <laughs> I think that's a that's a comic for the ages. <laughs> well, it was uh, yeah, that was around because um, well, it's kind of a self publishing story too, I guess. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, Babbage actually wrote a bestseller um, economy on the economics of machinery and manufacturers, which was one of the first popular science books. So. Interesting. Uh, but he kind of went around all these factories and explained the factory system in the eight, eight, 1833, was it? Um, I think that one was. Um, but yeah, he he was um, endlessly arguing. like so arguing. many authors, did he have a problem with his publishers? <laughs> he had a problem with the booksellers because the, he he disagreed with what they were charging for his book. Uh, Huh. Um, but yeah, I would definitely have to go back. But the hilarious thing is if you read and you can read all the different editions, that's the great thing about go- the Google Books Project, which is how I did actually most of my research, because they have all this incredible resources of 19th century books. And they have all three editions of, of ma- machinery and manufacturers. And each of the editions is prefaced by Babbage's war, <laughs> because he had to, he had prefaced it. With so he constantly camp. was returning to this turf to respond to whatever... Happened oh, absolutely. After the, well, oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> Babbage uh, would not let anything go. This is his. Um, it's a kind of a comic, sort of this kind of um, uh, Web 2.0 in the 19th century. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Well, um, well, that also. While we're going to stay on publishing just for a second, because there's another great section of of your book where, uh, and this is where I, you sort of bring George Eliot into it, and. Babbage had some scheme to eliminate. I mean, the, the difference engine was obviously meant to eliminate errors in all kinds of st- statistical cha- tables and navigational charts. Um, but he was was he also out to eliminate typographic errors in no. book printing? <laughs> We're talking about the section in um, uh, your book where he meets up with George Eliot and he appears to be using the difference engine to remove errors from novels is this <laughs> is that truth or is this more embellishment by uh no that's that's definitely embellishment <laughs> um, <laughs> well it's hilarious <laughs> mostly because Bab- i mean strictly speaking babbage only thought of his machine as a mathematical device I and see, i don't know I what see. he would have thought of using it for uh, for literature well it's a great segment in the book where uh, uh as uh, george Eliot wanders into the difference engine <laughs> And That's has her novel uh, inputted as data. <laughs> <laughs> so a nice touch. Let's see now. Where are we? Well, you know what? Where we are now? I'm gonna um, uh, I, I'm gonna uh, 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 segue a little bit here because at, at a certain point in the book, you start talking about the pro and anti ADA factions. I mean, oh. <laughs> excuse me. There's obviously some uh, scholarly debate on her. 
uh, actual footing in, you know, as we look back on history. Uh, and, and you seem to have a pretty interesting take on it. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I to be honest, I still struggle to talk about it because it's, um, you know, I guess any woman in tech uh, kind of struggles a lot with, um, you know, uh, feelings of being a fraud and, and um, uh you know, I guess it's a sensitive subject, and it's 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 one that I'd always avoided on the blog. Um, although it's it was kind of a subtext through the whole comic, yeah. um, because it's it's not like a fringe scholarly view um, at all. That that you know, Lovelace actually wasn't all mm-hmm. that. She didn't write the program. She had no, you know, <clears throat> she had no real role in in um, in the machine. Um, you know, Babbage, I mean, there's there's certainly Babbage scholars who say, oh, Babbage didn't actually respect her. He was just using her. And, it, you know, it's, it's quite an ugly strain. Um, and, you know, when I kind of first stumbled into this aspect, you know, I was really, um, you know, dismayed, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, this is miserable because, you know, here she is, this kind of big, you know, role model for, for girls. And actually it turns out that she's a fraud, which is like the worst kind of role model possible. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess, you know, are there people that even challenge her, her mathematical skills? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. There's people who say, Oh, she wasn't a mathematician at all. And, you know, um, um, I mean, I should stress that, you know, the evidence, you know, as I, I guess for any sort of history, that's not super recent and obvious, you know, when you actually start looking at the papers, um, you know, you realize it's not like, oh, there's some obvious solution to this. You know, it's everyone interpreting um, kind of different piles of papers, basically, in different ways. Um, I, I guess for me, I, I kept pushing on with the comic, even though when I first kind of came across this, I was like, oh, my God, I need to stop doing this comic right now because this is supposed to be celebrating women in tech and it's actually, you know, this this giant can of worms. Um, but I guess I pushed on because it just something struck me as as being off about it. I'd read a lot of you know kind of the collected letters. Um, I'd read Babbage's autobiography, and because of Google Books, I'd read a lot of Babbage's writing, and I'd read a lot of contemporary stuff from people who knew them. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed wildly out of character. This picture of Babbage as you know this user who 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 would trust someone he didn't respect to write the only paper on his engine i mean mm. that just seemed completely nuts sure. um and he wasn't like you know he wasn't some smoothie guy you know who who was like you know um i was there's, there's some um historian who describes him as this man who would do anything to to build his engine you know even use the famous name of someone that he didn't respect and it's like that's actually the exact opposite of Babbage. You know, Babbage would not do anything unless everything was completely perfect. You know, much like the machine. I think you described. Yeah, yeah it broke. <laughs> exactly. You know, if it didn't, something went wrong. The whole thing stopped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, Bab- everything had to be just so for Babbage to to kind of go on with it. And you know, that lying would was really out of character, and using people was totally out of character, and kind of this machinating sort of. Um, Machiavellian figure just seemed like not like Babbage at all. So the the more I read from the actual sources, the more I thought this just does not work for me at all. Like I, I think the straightforward narrative that I had always heard actually made more sense. You know that mm-hmm. she was this very good mathematician. She kind of you know 
she a little bit fell in, you know, I guess I also identify with that place, you know, she kind of fell into writing the paper, like I kind of fell into writing the book. Um, And, you know, once she was there, obviously, she had to do a lot of work to kind of bone up on stuff and, you know, get stuff going. But, you know, it's not... Okay, it is kind of rocket science, but rocket science yes, even is not rocket is. science, you know. <laughs> like it, it can be learned, this stuff, you know. It's you don't have to be some sort of weird superhuman genius, you know. You can do it by, you know, just being fairly smart and just really curious about it. Um That's true, and- but I will have to say as a confessed self confessed math ignoramus. <laughs> And I believe with you're absolutely right. Hard work can do almost anything. I do believe there are people who have the math gene. Just my personal opinion. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, some people for sure find it harder than other people. Um, or, or, and by gene, I mean they enjoy it yeah. <laughs> at an <laughs> elemental level, perhaps a little bit more than some of us. I guess, you know, maybe it's in the sense a little bit like. Oh, no, not again. Are you still there? No. Back. Are you back? Uh, you're back. Yes. You're frozen again. Yeah, we froze I... again. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go, we'll, we'll fix this in post-production. Okay, cool. <laughs> so your keep face going. is frozen, but I can hear your voice, so oh, we'll okay. stick with that. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Let's go with it. Um. Yeah. So um. Uh, where was this? Oh, my, kind of. Uh, yeah, plugging through problems in mathematics. Yeah, you know, the math gene and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I guess a lot of it. You so much has to do with when you come up to something you don't understand. You know, do you say to yourself, "Oh, I don't have the math gene. I don't understand this. Now I'm going to stop," or do you say, "You know, I think like Lovelace, she brought up to think of herself as a mathematical genius. So when yeah. she came across a problem, she was like." oh, well, I will solve this problem because I'm a mathematical genius. So she had the, it's like the magic feather, you know, she a little bit had that magic feather that Dumbo had, you know, that, yeah. that this belief in herself sure. that, that kind of gave her that ability to to push through these difficulties, you know, because, um, I, mean, I mean, in conclusion, I guess, for me, looking at the original papers, from what I know of their characters, um, you know, yeah, I think she she totally wrote the paper and the and most of the program. I mean, Babbage did sketch out the program, but Lovely sat down and did the hard graft of working mm. it out. Mm. Um, and that's the obvious story, you know. That you know, that to me seems like okay. That's I'm fairly confident that that's what happened. <laughs> and so okay. And that's good enough for me. I uh, believe me. I, I uh, this is just a delightful book. I've learned so much from it. Uh, and and it uh, and I you learn in the best way reading this book by laughing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the learning is almost just an an, an afterthought and byproduct. Uh, you you really throw us into the maelstrom of their lives, and uh, with a little sleight of hand and a little embellishment, uh, uh, you make it great fun and uh, uh, and really bring them back back to life. Uh, my my theory is that you are. Ada Lovelace herself reincarnated. <laughs> so chew on that for a little bit. Uh, I do want to ask you that uh, you're going to be coming and doing a, a a bit of a book tour here. So we're 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 recording this on uh, what's the day? Uh, April eighth, um, uh, April seventh. So uh, uh, when are you going to be in the U.S.? Uh, gosh, I do my whirlwind tour. Uh, ooh, I don't, <laughs> let me pull it up. 
Uh, the first weekend of um, May, I'm in Seattle. I'm talking at the Seattle Town Hall. Oh, no. Not again. I can hear you. Yeah, we keep Hello? doing this. Oh, okay, it keeps cool. happening. Yeah. Well, just give <laughs> us a quick good. one. You're in, you'll be in Seattle in, uh, in yeah. early May, and uh, where next? Seattle the first week of May. Uh, actually, Seattle and San Francisco first week of May. I'm talking at the Computer History Museum that, cool. on the 5th of May. That's going to be awesome. Um, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma for a cool. steampunk party. Toronto Comic Con or Comics Arts Festival in Toronto. Are you going to be at TCAF? Uh, yeah. It's, yes, I'll be there. I'm going to be oh, there. Sweet. Oh, sweet. I'm going to be, be there. The week. Now, when are you going to be in New York City? Uh, and then I'm in New York City the week after that, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday. Cool. Uh, second week of May. So I have two opportunities to hear you speak, and I'm going to make sure I take advantage of them. Oh, I'd love to see you there. All right. Um, uh, Sydney Padua, this has been a great delight, much like your book. Thank you so much for being on More to Come. Oh, it's been super fun.